Okay, well, this is going to be... Hello, welcome to... This is going to be quite an intro. Hello and welcome to Fuck Me Dead, the podcast that brings you the stories from Australia and its buddies that just make you say, fuck me, dead. I had a creative name to say, but I already forgotten it, so I'll just go with CJ. <laughs> I was like, why are you pausing? What is happening? I'm Amanda. I never have a creative name for myself. I just give my, you know, actual name. Scandalosis. Yeah, it is kind of unfair. I use my real name and you don't. What are you talking about? You. What are you, what are you talking about? Your real name isn't CJ. What? <laughs> it says right here on my passport. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it does. <laughs> Cactus Juan. Cactus Juan. That's Cactus your name? Cactus Juan. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that could be it. It wasn't the one I thought of, but it'll do for now. What's happening? Hmm. My legs are still sore because I actually went to work for a change. Holy shit. Oh my God. <laughs> ah. Oh, I forgot something. Hopefully this still picks up. Oh yeah. I mean, I heard it, so. There's a trash bag blowing around outside our window. It's like American Beauty. Wow. (laughs) I can't believe that that was a real scene in a real movie about how beautiful a plastic bag is blowing through the breeze. The world is just so beautiful. (laughs) I'm such an edgy teenager. Oh, trash. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Is that that it? Your legs hurt? That's all you got? And a beautiful plastic bag? Yeah, which is now blown away. Um... (laughs) Yeah, so it turns out after years of an office job and then sitting around on my ass for six months doing nothing, standing up for eight hours straight is quite painful. Yeah, I could imagine that that would be a thing. Wasn't a trial. Hopefully I'll get to go back next weekend. We will see. Um, You'll find out. Okay, sounds good. Mm. What's really happened? I We've left the house a bit more than we usually do. What do you mean, what's happened? Yeah, what's happened? Nothing really. We, there was a big thing happened this week. Oh, fuck. <laughs> It was unfortunately my birthday this week. Unfortunately, Jesus Christ. <laughs> On Thursday, so that was good. Uh, in saying that, I had a good birthday, even though I don't like my birthday anymore, because I've definitely reached that age where I don't want to have any more of them. But no, I had a really good day. Good. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like yeah, over the past week, we've left the house a bit more than we had before. Yeah. I think we're getting too comfortable now that it's been, like, what is it, 16 days in a row with zero cases? Yeah, it must be. So we should be getting some new patch notes today? Oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that because we record on a Sunday. I just realized we will have a a, a Daddy Dan press conference at some point. I really have to stop calling him Daddy Dan. It's disgusting. That is a bit weird. But also I feel like accurate because he does tell me what to do. Father Daniel, can we go outside? <laughs> that sounds weirder. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so so what, are your, what are your stories like? I have to admit, when I was writing my notes, they blew out. I, um, I'm back to my old, my old ways. Uh, I've got two really short ones either side of a bad middle one that's about just over a page long. Now, I do know, I, I sort of know what your bad one's about. It is the headline that you read last night and I said, I have that bookmarked. Yeah, so I didn't read the rest of the article, so I don't know any of the details, but I do know generally what it's about because I read the headline. And I'm going to give you a warning just from the headline. It's bad. Yeah. So I, I, I'll give another warning before I start the story, but yeah, contact warning, child abuse. Yeah. Yay. Um, and also my first story is uh, about assault. So As opposed to an acid. No, wait. <laughs> no, wait. That's, no, forget I said that. The opposite <laughs> okay, we'll of an acid is a base, not assault. My stories get more positive as they go on. I definitely end on a really positive note. My so. other two stories are nice. Okay. 
So we've got some nice stuff in there. Do you, do you want to go first then? I think that's probably for the best. Because I don't know how good my last story is either. I just wanted to do it. I don't even know if it really fits the format of Fuck Me Dead. But I was like, hey, hell yeah. Weirdly, in my last story, I literally say that in my notes. I was like, I'm not sure if this is the format. <laughs> Excellent. All right. so- <laughs> branching out. Look, it's been a year. We're running out of ideas. We don't want to That is it. not um, true at fun. all. There's no more news. <laughs> We've literally used every piece of news ever made. Um, yes, yeah, that's not true. <laughs> not even remotely. Melbourne man's mistake of buying two lotto tickets lands him $2 million. Oh my god, seriously? A Melbourne man mistakenly bought the same lotto ticket twice, but as luck would have it, he ended up winning, sorry, he ended up with two winning tickets. For a total of $2,112,578.20. Normally, in a situation where someone's really lucky, I'm like, they should buy a lotto ticket, but he did already? (laughs) So there were six winners from this particular drawer, and he was two of them. Okay. That's still a lot of money. That is a lot, yeah. Uh, He burst out laughing when told his winnings, as he did not realize he'd actually bought the same ticket twice until that moment. So he had no idea. Oh, dear. Quote, I play every week and I usually just press play it again. I didn't realize I had pressed it twice. It's crazy. I never managed to get those exact numbers once and win, let it alone twice. It's the best mistake ever. I'd be happy to make a few more mistakes like this one. Yeah, if only every mistake worked out that well. Uh, he says he chose the numbers by putting them all into a box and having his immediate family draw them out of a box for him. That's so sweet. He doesn't know how he'll spend the money yet, but he said he will give some to charity, uh, which he may also decide based on a box draw for the charities. He sounds like a nice person. That's it. Dude got fucking lucky. Like, I think that's an understatement. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he got really fucking lucky. Surely you'd stop buying lottery tickets after that. Yeah, you're like, I've peaked. I can't can't top this. Might as well stop while I'm ahead, right? Or you spend a million dollars on the next lottery. Yeah, but you're still not even guaranteed anything. That seems like a waste. There was this couple in America who worked out if they spent like $400,000 on every lottery, they'd actually make profit. And that's what they did for like 12 years. Oh my God. I just, I can't imagine thinking about the lotto that much. The (laughs) lotto that they played had like a floor in it and the guy realized it. Oh, so they exploited it. Oh, okay. I'll just like, he's, Yeah. yeah, he worked out statistically that if you buy you could buy enough lotto tickets to earn more than you'd spend buying lotto tickets Mm, you'd win every single time and so they did that for like 12 years (laughs) jesus christ okay (laughs) okay well that was a really nice note to uh start on because i'm about to Mm. bring it down a bit yeah and then we go into child abuse yeah so this section might not be the best time you've ever had but i hope still informative so i should probably firstly ask before i go into my story do you know who craig mclaughlin is oh Look, the name rings a bell. Give me a second. Don't look him up. Why? Because I'm just asking if you know who he is off the top of your head. I recognize the name, but I probably wouldn't be able to pick him out if I saw his face unless you let me Google him. I mean, I wouldn't worry about it. Um, (laughs) He's probably best known for being on Neighbours. He was Kylie Minogue's brother on Neighbours. Nothing? Okay. I didn't fucking watch Neighbours. Sorry? I didn't watch bloody Neighbours. He was also on Home and Away. He was also on the, you know, competitor. Yeah, no, I didn't watch either of those. He was in McLeod's Daughters. He's an Australian actor. He's in a bunch of stuff. Why do you keep naming shows that no one watches? I mean, these are all old shows. Well, I mean, (laughs) Neighbours and Home and Away are still going fucking somehow. Uh, (laughs) I mean, all the stuff that I know him from was in the late 90s or earlier. I don't know what he's been doing recently. I've got to be honest. And I didn't bother to look it up because I'm going to tell you a not so great story about him. Hmm. So I don't know if you remember this. You might not. Um, but I think it was late last year. He was accused by four different women of indecent assault. Nope, no, does, that, does okay. A bill. okay, so he was playing Frankenfurter in a stage production of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Hmm. And all of these accounts come from other actors 
in that stage show. Okay. So I'm going to list a few of the things that he's been accused for. And this isn't all of the things he's been accused for. These are just examples. But I think they kind of sum up all of the accusations because it's a lot of similar incidents. The first one, I have to say allegedly in front of all of these because he's denying them. Ah, or, you know or what? Denying I think I've actually context. seen him as Frankenfurter in the Rocky Horror Stage show that I went and saw. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I went and saw a Rocky Horror show in Australia a few years back, and I think it was him playing. Right, okay. Then. Allegedly, because I have to say that. Um, he kissed another performer's body at least 20 times while he was concealed from the audience by a bedspread. And if that's not bad enough, he decided then to run a finger around her genital area as well while they were concealed. Okay. Allegedly, he pushed his body into another performer while they were stretching. And allegedly, he also kissed other performers on stage and off stage with tongue without consent. So I have a feeling that like stage kisses are probably done in a certain way that isn't like personal, if that makes sense. I definitely don't think they're like making out. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Um, She would just be like what it's like on a movie but yeah i would assume i would assume that there's a certain way that it's done because obviously those actors aren't well for you know the majority of the time some of the time aren't actually into each other so there probably is like certain ways that you're meant to do it as well that makes it appropriate and i'm assuming sticking your tongue down someone else's throat isn't it but it's just lots of incidences of him where he seems like he's touching or kissing people without consent yeah i would say that sums up all of the accusations. His response to the accusations is just one of the wildest things I think was I've he, ever is read. Is he going to claim he was just really into char- in his character? Well, that's one of them. Um, but he, he says that most of them did happen. He admits to that. There is a couple okay. he says vehemently didn't happen. But most of them, he says, yeah, they happened. But he, he, he assumed they were all consensual. Right. And yeah, he also did at one point try to blame the sexual tension between actors on the script and that the role of Frankenfurter is so sexual that he was just in character. I don't know if you can use that as an excuse to touch people without consent. I really feel like that's nothing, basically. Like, that's a bullshit excuse. Yeah. You can't say, oh, the character's sexual, so I just did these things. Like, that that doesn't fly. The character fly. was a murderer, so I just decided to murder people Right, too. exactly. Like, it doesn't make any sense. So all of this is stuff that's happened in the past. This all came out late last year. The court case is still ongoing. And this is the stuff that came out this week. And it's a time. I'm just going to warn you. I just don't know how the mental gymnastics he must have to do to make this make sense in his head. I don't know. Um, So he said he came out with some really hot takes like the past week that just weren't hot at all. He claimed that the four women who, who are accusing him acted and I put this in air quotes, slutty. <sighs> the classic they wanted it argument. I, I, I laugh because it's so ridiculous. You can act as, uh, you can act, anyone can act as slutty as they fucking want, even though I don't even agree with that word. It's so outdated. I mean, it doesn't mean anything anymore, I don't think. You can act in any way you want that is not an invitation for anyone to do anything to you that you don't want. Yeah. So he's facing seven charges of indecent assault and six counts of common law assault. I don't know what the difference is. I'm sorry I didn't Google it. And he submitted photos as his defense. And in these photos, he's described the victims in saying they're in slutty, again, air quotes, positions, and one described as a lesbian pose. A lesbian pose? So apparently the girl-on-girl action got him going? I don't know. It's very confusing. And I don't know who's representing him, but this is a direct quote from his lawyer. The fuck is a lesbian pose? I'm assuming something deemed semi-sexual with another woman. I don't know. I didn't see the photo, so I'm not, I can't describe it. we will transition into lesbian pose. <laughs> 
I mean, it sounds like a good time. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is a quote. Don't know who's representing him, but this is a direct quote from his lawyer. I'm going to call a spade a spade. The photos do depict people in slutty poses and deliberately so. It's not to be sanitized. It's not to be diluted. This is part of the culture of permissiveness. If you go to a strip club, the women are literally naked, but you're still not allowed to touch them. Yeah, like it. the defense just doesn't make any sense. I don't know how he talked a lawyer who I would assume is probably smarter than this to actually give this defense. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's worked, but in the past, though, it's like, oh, she was asking for it, and then they get off. But, I mean, it's 2020. Come on. That's, I'm sorry, it's also a bad argument. Just, it's current year is a terrible <laughs> argument. Yeah, I guess so. But I'm just like, yeah, what the actual fuck? How the hell can you use slutty as a defense against assault? Yeah. I, I, I don't really consider myself a feminist or anything, but I think it's just logical. Maybe I should preface that. The only reason I don't consider myself a feminist is because I don't really like the way third-wave feminists are, are sort of warping it. The original message was equality, and I totally agree with that. But there's also the side of women should be able to act however the fuck they want and shouldn't have to fear people based on those actions. Like, that's... How, how does that... What, why is it that he can act however he wants without fear, but when a woman does it... It's because she's a slut, and then she therefore deserves to be treated this way. I mean, like, he was playing the Frankenfurter character. Why wasn't anyone uh, touching him inappropriately? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's a definite, like, inequality, inconsistency. And I didn't include it in my notes, but in the article I read, apparently they did show videos in the court case of him acting inappropriately. And he said that was all fine and well because it was for comedic purposes. The double standard is insane. I don't understand how if anyone acts, I don't even know what the right word is because slutty is such a dumb one. Promiscuous? I don't even think that's a good one. But I mean, you can, you can act however you want. You should still be safe within a workplace. Yeah. I just, yeah, it, it really frustrates me. How can you use the sexual nature of the show to say that it's okay? You're acting. Anything outside of that needs consent. Why are you not saying anything? I don't know what else to say, but yeah. And I feel like I just keep saying, yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, feel free to make your own points. I just, it's just so frustrating that, yeah, I I would like to think that that that's not the way people think anymore. But clearly it is because he thinks he can use this as a defense in court. And I would argue he's definitely not the only one who still thinks that way. And like the sort of defense where it's like, oh, but they wanted it and has worked previously in the past. It's just, it's just very disappointing. I, I guess the basic message I have here is uh, don't touch people if they don't want you to. And do you know how you know that they don't want you to? It's because you ask. Hello, may I touch you? Nah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, it, it's just, it's not that complicated and it's not that hard. To make matters, to, to make matters worse, because all of that is ridiculous. It was then brought up why the women didn't come forward until after the production ended. This is the old, why didn't she say something straight away trope. Yeah. Um, which I do see constantly online still, which I have to think that anyone who says that has never experienced anything like this because there are a billion reasons to not say anything straight away. And in this case, testimony said that he told the women that they didn't know who they were dealing with and that he could end them. Well, that just sounds like a threat. It really does, doesn't it? Maybe he and has I been would... playing a murderer character. I'm not sure that he so much meant murder, although you could know. interpret it that way. I assume he was more trying to threaten their careers. Yeah, so, I mean, he's obviously a famous person who probably holds more power in the industry than these women. I mean, I don't know because the women aren't named, but I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that. So, of course, they're not going to directly go against him because 
it could threaten their career. If he's then out there bad-mouthing these women because the entertainment industry is all of, you know, who you know kind of thing, it makes sense to me. I just, I just find it really gross that those are the defenses used in an assault case in 2020, wow. that women are somehow asking for it based on how they act or something, or photos they post or whatever. It's so fucking dumb. We'll still have it next year. I know, I know, but and probably I mean, I hope that. it changes. I mean, I think it is changing slowly, but it is. Yeah, I think think the problem is we just got to wait for all the older people to die. Yeah, I I think that's probably accurate, but... Which is also a problem for global warming, because I'm like, well, if we just wait for the older generation to die, we can probably get it fixed, but it'll be too late by then, so... At least this isn't, like, the world imploding, it's just people being treated very poorly, which is not a jest, I I said that in jest, but... Yeah, I just find it really gross. I was reading that earlier this week, I was like, get fucked. (laughs) I mean, my next story is also incredibly gross. Yeah, I have to admit, I'm not really looking forward to knowing the details about this, but hit me with it. So as I mentioned at the start of the episode, a bit of content warning here, my next story is about child abuse. I don't go into any specific details, but it's still shocking. So uh, we'll get into it. Do you want me to read the headline or should I just start? It's up to you, however you think is the best way to tell it. Well, I'll go with the headline because then maybe people will be like, oh no, I might stay around for it. We'll see. Child care worker, soccer coach, among group charged with more than 800 abhorrent child sex offences. Oh, that already makes me mad. I'm already mad and we haven't even started. What is interesting is I actually believe that this is part of a larger ongoing operation that was also part of the one that caught, if you remember, Brian Loyson, the 26-year-old Belgian yep. man who was selling child porn to fund his holidays. We talked about in episode 45. Yep, I remember I that, I think this is the same like, group of police who've caught him also did this one as part of like the right, same sort okay. of operation, actually. Unnamed social media companies have proactively reported the material being shared through their programs to U.S. law enforcement. This led to a tip-off from U.S. authorities, which has in turn led to the arrest of a 30-year-old Wyong man in February this year. Forensic investigation of his mobile phone uncovered a much wider network spanning three states, Queensland, New South Wales, and Western Australia. And this is where Operation Arkstone began. Okay. So I'm like, that's probably the same U.S. group who tipped us off to brian loyson and shit so right okay i mean that makes sense that's all i've got i, I have no confirmation that it's definitely what happened but i was like oh that sounds very similar to what happened to brian mm. and how we caught him so that's my reasoning so before i go on i'll mention uh u.s authorities arrested three men involved in this allegedly global child abuse ring so i am starting to wonder if this is going to be like another the wonderland club Ugh. which gross if I remember correctly, they never caught everyone. In, they didn't catch everyone no. in the Wonderland Club, so it may well be the same fuckers. The Wonderland Club, for those who don't know, was like the first big, massive online pedophile ring, I, I mm. guess. Like, it's absolutely fucked. Yeah, no, it was terrible. Absolutely terrible. Was it... What's that podcast? Which Case one? File? Case File. I think Case File did do an episode, sort of, on it. Case File did a really good episode on it. That's where I learned most of it, about it. I think Case File only covered, like, a couple of the people that got caught and sort of briefly described. Um, the extent of it, But I, yeah. have a, I have a feeling there's a lot more even than what was covered in that. Yeah. Um, I think So if you'd rather not very complicated. Google the Wonderland Club, yeah. look up the Case File episode. Because I totally did. Because I couldn't remember the name of it. I Googled Wonderland Pedophile Ring or something like that. So that's in my Google search history. Oh, you're definitely on the list. <laughs> <laughs> I think I see I was reading this article. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get into it now. Australian Federal Police have rescued 46 children from their abusers across Australia. Among the abusers were a soccer coach, a childcare worker, a disability support worker, a chef, an electrician, a supermarket employee, 
an IT worker, and a court officer. Oh, that is... So a lot of those are people who are responsible for caring for others, which is disgusting. They were all aged between 20 and 48. Ew. Yeah, I just... I, I listed out all those things because I'm like, it can really just be anyone. Yeah, I mean, th- I mean that that's kind of what I got from that as well. It could be anyone of, well, almost any age. Like, <sighs> I will state they were all men. Usually it's men. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say that it's never women because obviously... It does happen, but majority of the time it's men. I'd say 99% of the time it's men. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking men. It's just, it's disgusting. And if 46 children, that's so many. Yep. Uh, it didn't go into whether or not like these children had been abducted or if they were like missing children or whatever, if they were just like in contact with these men. Okay. That makes it even worse. I just assumed that these children were people in their lives. That, not people yeah, that have been abducted sure, or anything like, like that. It didn't say that, so that's me. I'm like, were they? Like, how could you, like, get away with it for so long? Like, whatever, they're kids. They're not going to necessarily report what happens to them. Well, especially if they are abducted or being held in some way. That's why I was thinking, were some of them abducted? Were they, like, missing children? I don't know. In, in saying that, though, I do think that in a lot of cases, children who are being abused like that don't tell anyone. Because... Either they're so young that they don't understand, so they don't think that it's something to report, yeah. or they've been threatened to not report it. Yeah. So it, it, it could be a case of they weren't being held or anything, that they were just people in their lives, but were still getting it, it away with it. It like, especially for some of the worst, just children in their lives that they had access to, especially with some of those job descriptions. So disgusting. But, uh, the victims were all aged between 15 years and 16 months. 16 months. 16 months, yeah. Less than one and a half years old. That is, I, I, I want to say disgusting again, but that doesn't cover it. Like, that doesn't cover it. That's, oh, God. 39 of these children were in New South Wales. There was only one in Queensland, and the remaining six were in Western Australia. They were subjected to the production and sharing of child abuse material online. <sighs> Additionally, four animals were also abused, and there are bestiality charges being laid against some of the men. What's wrong with these people? Absolute degenerates. In all, 14 men have been arrested across three states and 828 charges have been made. Of these, the 27-year-old former childcare worker from northern New South Wales faces 303 charges alone. What the fuck did they do? These relate to sexual intercourse and indecent assault of at least 30 children. Oh my god. Some of them, allegedly, at his childcare center. You mentioned dropping oh your god. kid off to a childcare center and they get abused? You have no I mean, idea that's, that's the thing. That's the thing, right? You you leave your children with these people because you think that they're professional and uh, qualified to look after them and care for them. And then you have shitbags like this who probably are qualified, but are just absolute terrible human beings who would do it anyway. All got into the industry so they would have access to children. I mean, like I hadn't even considered that, and I I'm I'm guaranteeing you that's why he got into it. That's so gross. Like this this is why people are always so like about like male childcare workers. Yeah, and I mean the the, the awful thing is though is that 99 percent of male childcare workers do their job professionally and there isn't an issue. But then you have people like this. But who, because people like this one, someone's like they're like a male and like oh I'm in childcare. I'm like okay. <laughs> Yeah. And I know that's wrong, but it's just where my mind goes out. You barely see male childcare workers. That's and when true. you do hear about them, it's because they're fucking pedophiles or something. They should have joined the church like the rest of them. I'm going to be honest. I'm having a tough time with the story. Like, We're I kind of feel. almost through the worst of it. Okay. I kind of feel physically sick at the moment, so. <laughs> Uh, He actually, so the 27-year-old, he's going to face Port Macquarie Court in January next year, just to give you an idea of what part of the country he's in. 27 is so young. 
Well, hopefully the rest of his life will be behind bars. But if it's not, there's really what something we've wrong with the justice, justice system. system on this show is that he'll probably get six weeks and like have to buy the judge a Kit Kat or something. Uh, it kind of like having gone through Kate, well, not this bad. This is probably the worst one we've covered, but having covered other similar cases and seen punishments so lenient it's like unbelievable it mm. almost makes me feel like i should do something like what what can people do to like maybe i should look into that and maybe report back next week because i don't know i'm getting kind of passionate seeing how often and that's the stories we pick who knows how often that's happening anyway surely there's some the way that you can make the news that we find exactly so how how is it that that like, how do you bring about change when it's so clearly wrong? I don't know. I might look into that just for my own because it's making me so angry. <laughs> the 27-year-old man, his 22-year-old male partner was also charged on multiple offences. Partner as in boyfriend? I don't know. The way it worded, like, I was like business partner. Just like his, yeah, his child abuse partner or his Yeah, lover? or business Not partner. Sure, or, or his business partner. I don't I'm know. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, they're both charged. The soccer coach is facing 44 charges, including some, if not all, of the bestiality ones. It wasn't clear. He's a 30-year-old man from St. Clair, and police allege he produced a large quantity of the material. So, I hate that I'm curious about this. Did they catch all these people because they're all linked? Because they're all sharing stuff with each other? Yes. So this is all a big <sighs> network. From what it sounds like is these guys are producing a lot of the material and then sending it overseas. So it, it sounds... Oh, okay. So it's not it like these like, are people who are purchasing it or involved in some other way. These are the people who are directly making the material. Yep. Filming it and doing it and Ugh. sharing it amongst themselves. Yeah, it, it really sounds like the the supply for this ring is here in Australia. That's I'm sure so there are other people gross. who can so lead to the network overseas doing it as well. But Obviously, there's a big enough ring that they caught a lot of people in the production. Mm. Oh, so disgusting. United States Homeland Security Investigations Australian attache, or attache, Adam Parks, said, and quote, I can't give a lot of details about those individuals. However, there are several investigations, and I think the referral numbers speak for themselves that this is a network. It's a global network. Although rooted in Australia, that includes a network in the United States as well, and really globally. So therefore, we're responding. This is not a victimless crime. There are children in those images and behind those screens that exist. That's what I mean by, I think, they're saying, like, a lot of it is being made here in Australia and then sent over to other countries where it's distributed further. But I'm, I'm sure there's definitely people related to the network in other countries who must be doing it. I can't see why there wouldn't be. Yeah, like, as you're telling this, I'm not really thinking too much about the perpetrators because, in my mind, it's an open and shut case. They go to jail forever, even though I know that that's not always how it works but i'm more thinking about so we talk about like these what was it 46 kids yeah and they're nameless and faceless yep but their lives are changed forever now but how many others yeah exactly and like yeah any kid that's involved in this their lives are going to be different forever like they've done this out of their own perverse selfish desire but these kids are going to have to live with it forever yeah. And like, like these people <laughs> you know they think to themselves oh no they, well i maybe not always maybe there was like they do get a fucking kick out of like knowing that they're harming this child but a lot of them think to themselves oh no the children want this as well you know those fucking maps we talk uh, about every so often bleh. yeah but i think i think that attitude is just a delusion to make themselves feel like they're not doing something wrong yeah um whereas i think there are other people who just don't give a fuck yeah about doing something wrong they don't care or they generally want to just hurt children 
or other yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, like I can't help but sympathize to like those poor kids who are now going to have to deal with the fact that that's happened to them and somehow work through going on and living a, you know, normal in air quotes, I guess, life. You know, like that's especially something on this scale, because like once they get older and realize the, I guess, severity of the situation and how many people might have seen them, like it's it's so fucked. It's just, I think this is one of the worst ones I've heard. Like it's just terrible. Almost done. Okay. <laughs> Australian Federal Police explained each arrest led to further evidence unraveling more of the network. Initial identifications were made in June, beginning a string of arrests. On top of the men identified and arrested in Australia, the operation has also identified sex offenders in Europe, Asia, the United States, Canada, and New Zealand. 146 international referrals have been made. How many, sorry? 146. Fucking hell. So much. Police expect to uncover more, not just internationally, but here in Australia. I was just about to say that. A hundred and whatever, like that sounds like a lot, but I'm like, I bet there's way more than that that they don't know about. Especially internationally, because there's no like, I guess, jurisdiction for Australian police to be involved in what's happening overseas. So No, who knows? that's what these referrals are. So that's how like, because yeah. the US obviously tipped Australian federal police off. Australian yep. Federal Police on their investigations have gone, oh, we've just found people in your country. Yeah. They contact the country's police and say, well, now it's in your hands. Yeah. And then again, it would depend on the individual country how well they're going to actually follow it up. All right, what's the last paragraph? Okay. We're almost done. So quoting here, the Australian Federal Police Acting Commander of Child Protection Operations, Christopher Woods, quote, No child should be subjected to abuse and violence from people who hold positions of trust in their lives, whether it be a family member childcare worker or soccer coach. These men allegedly produce child abuse material for the depraved pleasure of their peers, with absolutely no thought for the lasting effects their actions would have on these children. Police will allege Operation Arkstone revealed a network of abuse where the alleged offenders in their forums encouraged and emboldened each other to engage in acts of depravity and abuse of children. Yeah, a lot of that was what I was just saying about how it's going to affect those children from now. It doesn't sound like much or any of the court cases have started yet. Uh, sounds like we won't hear more about it until probably i'd imagine mid late next year uh, but if i remember i'll keep an eye out and we'll see what happens to them yeah well i imagine there's probably like so many separate pieces of evidence that it'll take forever to well not forever but you know a yeah, long time because to- a lot of them would have to be trialed individually still and then you've got to get all the yeah. children through the system because they're going to probably have to testify in court to some degree the ones that can't or can yeah yeah it's going to take a while but if you want to get an idea of like how far this likely goes or like how terrible it could be i would recommend looking into the wonderland club definitely through the podcast i I swear it was the um i'm pretty sure it was case file i'm pretty certain it was case file it was a really sounds awful to say it was a really good episode in that it was interesting it was yeah it was really well done i was like okay this is probably one of the better ones i listened to of theirs i i'm trying to think when i listened to it was it when we drove to sydney maybe No, no i'm pretty sure it was when we were driving to port macquarie before we left sydney Mm, okay. we're going to see my grandparents for the last time before I moved. Yeah. Okay. I knew we were driving somewhere. Pretty sure. Pretty sure that's what it was. I don't know what else I can add apart from that's horrendous. That's terrible. That's one of the worst things I've ever heard. Yeah. What's going on right now? You're looking. I'm just wondering how we transition from here. Yeah. I do not know how to transition to my next story because obviously my next story has nothing to do with that. I've done it again. <laughs> just like last week how how do you ever transition from something like that i there, there is no good way so i'm just gonna do it so my next story 
is not anything like that. <laughs> From here on out, I think our stories are going to be more lighthearted, not as serious as that. You can you can take a deep breath. It's the, the bad part's over. Is that accurate? Yeah, my next story is okay. stupid. Okay, good. Got to leave it on a good note. But my next story is the one that I promised from last week, and that's the Mari Man. Ah, uh, yep. So we, we, we're going to talk about it. I have never seen it. I didn't know of, it, of his existence until a couple of years ago, but it is its one of those things, one of those Australian things where we just go, we don't know how the fuck this happened. This is a bit of a mystery. I don't have an answer for you I today. I do know a little bit about the Maori Man. Maori? It's it's spelled M A R R E E. I've heard it pronounced Mari. I don't know if that's correct. If that's the wrong pronunciation, please let me know. Mari was definitely what I was told to say when because it used to come up at my old job. Oh, yeah, Mari is a place. So I'm assuming that's the correct pronunciation. That's one I've heard. If it's not, let me know. But that's how I'm going to pronounce it from here on out. So I'm sorry if that frustrates you and it's wrong. <laughs> so the Mari Man is a modern geoglyph and it depicts an indigenous Australian man. So he's like in a in a stance that's sort of his his legs are wide he's uh holding one hand up holding like a boomerang or a stick or a weapon of some kind and the other one is out the other side it's very hard to describe i'm about to send you a picture it is a boomerang so it is a boomerang yeah it's kind so of hard to tell from a distance it is but the thing about the because it kind of looks straight yeah, like look at the photo i just sent a, it to you yeah you're right but I'm not like, sure. When people so. picture boomerangs, they picture the ones that like tourists get given, not the actual ones that people used for hunting. Yeah, but they're still curved, though, right? Mm, kind of, not curved like these boomerangs, like tourist boomerangs, though. I don't know. From the pictures, it kind of looks really straight to me. I'm not sure. It definitely looks like he's in a attacking stance. Like it looks like a weapon. Yeah. Whatever it is, it looks like a weapon. So the Mari Man is fucking huge. Um, he is 4.2 k's in height. And it is 28 k's around the circumference. So, um, for the Iberians listening, that <laughs> is about 2.6 miles. Um, and yeah, so that's just to try and get you to picture how big this thing actually is. Even though that's still hard to comprehend, really, unless it's in front of you. But I even read in one article, and because the reason I thought to do this one is because the Mari man is nude. His penis is an impressive 400 meters long. Yeah, he has quite a large, well-defined penis, which yes. is not uncommon. He's very much like the Australian version of the, um, is it the CERN giant? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to mention that yeah, later. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so there. they also have their dick out. Yeah, he's and, naked. But I mean, you know, I, th- I think that's more of a... He's also got like chest hair or something going on? He definitely has like chest hair and pubic hair. Mm. So like there's some details in him, but not a lot. Yeah. If that makes sense. And unlike the Blue Mountain stone penis, you can easily find the Mari man on Google Earth. You can because he is he's he's huge. <laughs> um so he's named that because he's nearby a town called Mari, um, which is seven hundred Ks north of Adelaide. So we are talking out back here. It is red dirt and Mari only has about 150 people. This is remote. It's not like it's in a populated area or anything. It really is just red dirt as far as you can yeah. see. And when you say he's near Murray, he's still 60Ks out of town. Yeah, but I think it's because that's the closest town. <laughs> it is. He's just below Lake Erie South. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. Even looking at the photo, I'm like, it's too big. <laughs> like, how? Which I'm going to talk about, but how? <laughs> like, the other nice thing about the Murray man is that if you just Google him on Google Earth, he turns up. There's like a little placeholder there for him. 
Yeah, because he is a tourist attraction now. Like, you can go and see him. Mm. Although, I don't think you could really get the full effect unless you, like, took a, a, a plane ride or, or helicopter ride over him or something. Yeah, it'd be very hard to see. There are some hills around him, but Australia's very flat, so I think a helicopter tour would be the best way to do it. But yeah, you can go see him. He still exists. He's still there. But he was only discovered in 1998. A pilot seen him when he was uh, flying over, and he's quoted as saying, it was so big, I assumed everyone knew about it. (laughs) When he was talking to people, they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Don't know. (laughs) This basically means that he wasn't there for long before the pilot discovered him. Because I would assume 1998, like, air travel was pretty popular still. Like, do you know what I mean? It wasn't like it was a time before air travel was popular and it was like the first time that anyone had seen that area. Mm. So it definitely meant that he was new. Like, he popped up. Wasn't like he was always there. Yeah. I'm just trying to think about it. He popped up with some There's a lot of, like, things like you've got out there Olympic Dam, which isn't too far away. And then you've got Woomera, which is like a big... um, You're going to talk about that too? Woomera is a military airbase. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot of air traffic out there that should have spotted so it. So someone would have seen it. More than likely. If it had always existed. Mm. Um, but there's also evidence to say that it wouldn't have always existed because he eroded and he was almost gone by 2016. I was going to say, he doesn't look too good in the satellite photo. They, they do redo him now. Yeah. I was, I was <laughs> um, about because I want to keep that. him. But um, There's a major flying path between Unadatta and... Uh, Lee Creek. If you flew along that, you'd go right over the top of him. So, so it definitely was new. Like yeah. someone had made him in recent times. But how long? Like, it must have taken like days to make this. I think days is probably <laughs> an understatement. Like it would have taken a really long time. Yeah, it depends how they made it, I guess. Like were they using a vehicle? And, I mean, the other thing is, uh, how do you plot that out? Mm. I'm going to talk about it, but these are all things to think about. I think it's just the size that really baffles people because how the fuck did you do this? So yeah, these are the questions. Who did it? Why? And also how? (laughs) That one dude who's dead, so we'll never be able to confirm. We're going to talk about him. Don't (laughs) worry. So the other thing is that no one knew anything about it at all. So no one had seen people going out there. No one had heard anything. And because like, all the towns that are nearby, which I mean, is really only Murray, but it's a small town. If someone was doing something, people would know about it. You know what small towns are like? Everyone knows everyone's business. So like people would have noticed if someone had disappeared from there for a period of time or like anything like that. But there was nothing. There was nothing sort of to give any kind of inkling as to who was doing it or why. So I'm going to go through a few of the most popular theories about how he was made. Okay. But I'm going to spoil it. No one really knows the answer. These are all just theories. Okay, no one so claimed we know it. when he was built, though. We do? Sometime between the 27th of May, 1998, and the mm-hmm. 12th of June, 1998. Okay. So he I, was I built. I didn't even read that. That's still only like 12, 15 days. Yeah, so that's why they think there was some technological assistance, and mm. I'm going to go into that. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, no one's claimed it. No one's come forward and said, I know this or anything like that. There's nothing concrete. We we don't know is the answer. But I kind of think that's what makes this kind of fun <laughs> is that we don't know the answer. He's just there. <laughs> um, so the first theory is the Americans, which is where we're going to talk about Woomera because that's a US and Australian base. So a few weeks after the Myri man was found, a fax was sent to a local business. And it claimed to be from the person who was responsible for making the Murray Man. Okay. It began like a scavenger hunt. It kept giving clues, find this, all this kind of stuff. One fax read, 
During the creation of, a fi- of the figure, a 36-inch by 25-inch directory plaque, oh, dedicatory plaque, sorry, was buried on the plateau four inches below the surface, 23 feet south of the point of the nose. Okay. So authorities did go and they did dig it up and there was an American flag with a note that references the US cult, the branch Davidians. Davidians? Davidians, sorry. Davidians? Um, I don't think I've ever heard it said. I've only read it. <laughs> that might sound familiar because they were associated with Waco. Ah. And that had only happened like a few years before. So that was kind of fresh in people's memory. Because I think Waco happened in like 93 or 95 or something like that. I can't, can't remember. Sorry if I got that wrong. But I know it was like mid 90s. Further faxes after that claimed that they made it so it would bring in tourism to South Australia. Just like the um the giant one in the uk the one you just mentioned before which yes. we did i did mention it briefly in last week's episode yeah what is that giant called oh, um oh. i think it's the, the cerny giant cerny giant the cerna abbas giant which i haven't found him but looking around on the map in the new assassin's creed game it seems to be that he is in the game so you, you well can he go was and see him in ass creed they they think he was made in like the 1650s so Oh, Makes well, sense. then he shouldn't be there then. He shouldn't? No, Ask Creed takes place in the year 800, oh. 867 okay. or something like that. Maybe I got that wrong, but I thought I remembered reading that last week. Anyway, doesn't really matter to this story. But just as fast as the, as the faxes started, they stopped. So there was no further information, no one who really claimed, like, they didn't name themselves or name who was responsible. And people just assumed that it was the American soldiers at Woomera because of the American flag, American spelling and the faxes, you know, the inches, the you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, so that's that was what they thought. But I think people generally say that the faxes were just a red herring. Mm. Like they were trying to place blame on the Americans for it. Yeah. Basically, it was just someone mucking around because, you know, this whole thing was such a mystery. They just decided to mess with people about it, I think. I mean, it kind of sounds like it because so they send you on this like little scavenger hunt and then they just stop. It just sort of sounds like someone messing around. So, I mean, maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe it was American soldiers having a laugh. I have no idea. I don't feel like American soldiers would build a giant Aboriginal man. Yeah, I don't know. Or Indigenous Australian. Yeah, I don't know. I I think that will do something else. Uh, So, I mean, people generally say that's not the one. Doesn't really make any sense. So it just seems like someone trying to... Blame someone for it. Um, so the other one is the artist, which you're, 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 that's the one you're aware of. Yeah. So an artist by the name of Bardius Goldberg, which is a name. I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, he's considered pretty much the prime candidate for creating the Mari Man. Um, he apparently even confessed on his deathbed, but only one person was in the room. So it's kind of hard to <laughs> say. And it was the mayor of King Island. <laughs> Why was he there? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, why was he there? Like, <laughs> it's, it's very strange. Anyway, I don't know. Maybe they knew each other. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, but uh, Peter Clements, who was the mayor of King Island, who was the one he confessed to, said that he said, I don't want people to know that I was involved while I'm still here, but I've left some clues in the ground and that will tell the story. Um, but I mean, no clues have been found. There's not, not anything else apart from the Mari man that's, um, big- that's been found. Like, in the ground, though, implies he wants people to go digging. It's a lot of ground to dig up. I was going to say, and I don't know how much has been really investigated about it or whether people just generally accepted that it's there. Oh, that'd be funny. (laughs) I mean, this is the thing. That is kind of the accepted theory, but it's just the word of one man. Hadn't he also expressed interest in building a giant 
glyph like this while he was alive at some point to someone as well so he had 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 done other large artworks in the ground before so that that also adds weight to it but what i'm saying is that no one can prove that it was him he also just could have fucking said it. <laughs> On his deathbed. Could have just claimed it this, because he wanted to. This will fuck with him. Yeah, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll do the same exactly. thing. I was like, yeah, I built the Maori man. <laughs> I was only f- fucking five years old at the time, but yeah. I mean, this is the thing. It, he could have just been confessing because he wanted to take credit for it. Peter Clements could have just said that he said it because people wanted him to admit to it. There's a whole lot of. There's too much. I guess. There's no concrete evidence to say that he did it. Mm. While it's maybe the most likely theory, still can't say that for sure. Who knows? So the other theory that I'm going to talk about is to do with GPS technology. GPS at the time was only just becoming available to everyone. Previous to that, only the military used it. So the theory is that someone, and I mean, there's... Pretty much who knows who anyone could have, could have used GPS technology to um, sort of map it out and carve it because that's how they do it now. Yeah, that's what they use to reconstruct Yes, it. so they use GPS technology and like a machine to do it. So they're like, did someone who now had access to technology that they didn't before just go out there, draw something just to see if they could, and now it exists? Because mm-hmm. how else would you have mapped it out without GPS? Yeah, it, yeah. Because like it's it would too be very big. hard to because you couldn't just look across and go, okay, that lines yeah, up. Exactly. So unless like someone had access to a plane all the time, or because otherwise, how else would you know how it looked from an aerial view, which is the only view that it makes sense? If you're standing right well, next to it. You probably wouldn't living know. out in the middle of nowhere. They probably did have access to an aircraft or their own personal plane. That Possibly, they were but I mean, the GPS theory kind of does make sense to me because yeah, it just sort of seems like it would have been really difficult. It does to not do have otherwise. To say, what's his, the what was the artist? Uh, Badius Goldberg. There's no reason to say he didn't use the GPS. There is sure. no. There, there's nothing to say that it wasn't him, but it also could have been anyone with access to the technology, which is also everyone at that time. <laughs> but like, what did they draw it with initially? Like, they had to use a tractor or something. Surely. Well, the thing is, no one's really sure of that either, because there are like stakes out there, or there were. I don't know if they still are. There were like stakes out there, so it looked like someone had plotted it by hand. It's very confusing. Like I said, they had 12 days in 12 June. 12 days, you wouldn't have been able to do that manually. No way. And then there was like another four days in May. So they only had like, they had, sounds like they had less than 20 days. I don't think it's enough unless you yeah, had more no. than one person yeah, working. Yeah, I, I definitely, and, and the thing is, if there was more than one person, surely someone would have come forward by now because who wouldn't want to claim it? Yeah, at least of like the CERN Abbas, I'll probably say that wrong, giant. It's big, but it's not huge. Like, no, but this is that. like 28 Ks around it. Like, mm. it's big. It's basically like the size of a CBD. It's, it's huge. Um, yeah. So that's why they think possibly because GPS was just becoming available, that that's how they did it. Um, and people suspect that it may have been from someone from a nearby mining company because okay. they were using GPS technology. Get out of the excavator. And they also had the equipment. So that could also make sense. It could be mm. someone from a mining company who just had the equipment who just wanted to see if they could do it with the new technology. Like, that, that does make sense to me. I still think it was the artist guy, personally. That one makes the most sense. It's just, yeah, you can't can't say it for sure. So there are some other theories about it being locals, but I'm not going to go into detail about them because it seems like people think that over a native land title. So it was in dispute between two different tribes. Is that the right word? Am I using the right word there? Or is it mobs? I think you could use them interchangeably. Okay, we'll just leave it as that. And 
who won the title eventually said that the de- depiction of the man was no one from their area. Like he doesn't look like he's from that area. So mm. they say that it had to be someone outside of the area who made it, which would also lead to the artist because he was from Alice Springs. Okay. They don't, that, that sort of um, proves all that to be false. Like it, it doesn't seem like it would have been locals that did it because why, why would a local draw a man who doesn't look like they're from the area? That yeah. doesn't really make any sense. So I'm not going to go into all the details about that because it kind of seems like it's already been proven false. And also this is already going for a long time. So, <laughs> so yeah, I guess I, I want to know um, that that's all the details like that I could find and condense into this uh, short amount of time. So what do you think? What happened? I think I've like, I've said it before, I'm fairly confident. With but the why artist. did he do it? Because he wanted to. <laughs> I guess he, he wanted really to build, another He wanted reason, to make a giant glyph of a indigenous man out in the desert and so if it it. was the artist how do you think he did it had to have been with some kind of equipment yeah i I think gps and like a tractor with some sort of grading material on it or something or something he was dragging yeah i mean i think that's probably the theory that makes the most sense i don't know maybe one day we'll find out for sure but today is not that day i'm thrown off by that tribe thing i'm not too sure a subgroup they called groups i probably should have just said that shouldn't i hmm that's also why I didn't want to go into that whole native land title thing, because I knew I'd get stuff wrong. I don't want to be, like, disrespectful. Aboriginal scholars are trying to understand that they define Aboriginal cultural societies, some focusing on the micro-level, tribe, clan, etc., and others on shared da 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 having had many difficulties in trying to define what constitutes an Aboriginal people, community, group, slash tribe, let alone naming them. So it sounds like it's up Okay. We just say that we weren't yeah. sure. Maybe someone it's, um, it's, it's really hard to get that kind of stuff right, because I feel like there's not enough information out there. Yeah, even Googling right then, I just couldn't find out. I'm like, what is the correct term? And it's really hard because I don't want to go into that stuff if I'm going to get it wrong and then it's going to be, like, disrespectful. But also Mm. it's really hard to find the right answer. And I'm not saying that that's the fault of Indigenous people. I definitely think that's, like, the government's fault that they're not providing information so that people can use the correct terminology. Well, let's be honest, the government probably doesn't care. (laughs) That's what I'm saying, though. Like, I think that that's shit that – I mean, we should be taught that in school. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. At least I know in New Guinea, I can say tribe. And also, like, because terminology changes as to what's acceptable as well. I'm just, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry if I got that wrong. I feel bad now. I mean, really, tribe is just a social division in a traditional society consisting of families and communities linked by social, economic, religious, or blood ties with a common culture and dialect. I don't see any reason why it could be considered wrong or offensive. Okay. But, I don't know, I think it, in terms of what do you think or when you think of okay. tribe. I'm sure you can edit that into something. Yeah, we'll sort it out. Okay, well, that's it. I'm done with the Myri Man. Now you know about the Myri Man. Obviously, um, pictures of him are in the links in the description or I'll post them on social media. He's just, he really is a sight to behold. He's just, there's a part of me that would like to see him one day. Mm. Well, my final story is also about another sight to behold in South Australia, back in Adelaide. Okay. Which kind of ruins my first question here, but okay. <laughs> where in Australia can you find two giant silver balls, four pigs, and an old 1880s fountain? South Australia. Where in South Australia? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's in Adelaide's Rundle Mall. Oh, okay. I've, I've never been there, so I wouldn't know. I quite like Rundle Mall. It's good. So it's a pedestrian street mall, so it's not unlike Sydney's Pitt Street okay. Mall, but it is five times the size. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I, I measured it. Pitt Street's about 100 and something odd metres and. Rundle Mall's like 500, so it's half a kilometer long. okay. It's good. It's, yeah. There's like sculptures and things in the mall. So the famous ones are the two big silver balls stacked on top of each other. have been there since like the 70s. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of pigs and then there's an old fountain, which I don't remember seeing, but apparently it is there. So recently joining the mall's balls, as they're 
officially called. <laughs> I love the that. The Fountain. And Oliver, Augusta, Horatio, and Truffles, who are the names of the pigs. They have names? The pigs have names. That's so cute. Uh, there is a new monument that's been erected to the city's wildlife. It's a giant, two-meter-tall, mirrored, stainless steel construct. It cost 174000 Australian dollars. Bloody hell. And it's simply called Pigeon. And it's a pigeon, I'm assuming. It's a big metal pigeon. <laughs> Why do I kind of like that? <laughs> I like it. I, I think... I, I remember reading people being like, why did we waste the money on this? Like, it wasn't really wasted. It went to like, the $174,000 went to like the artist and the people who built it kind of thing. Yeah. You know, it wasn't just like giving money Plus, to Plus, like, why does a pigeon offend you so much? You, you don't just fucking go on like Amazon and buy a two meter tall fucking pigeon. Right. <laughs> those those ain't out there fucking producing pigeons. Yeah. <laughs> don't give him ideas. <laughs> so it was created by artist Paul Sloan. And uh, quoting the Lord Mayor Sandy Versh, Versh, Verschor, Ver, Verchor, I don't know how to say it, V-E-R-S-C-H-O-O-R. I believe you. Last name. <laughs> Quote, this exciting piece of public art will build on the existing legacy of public art across the city and will add to Adelaide's reputation as a place of culture, creativity and innovation. I think it will be a piece of artwork that will attract a lot of opinions. I really look forward to people's reaction to it. And when they unveiled it, the pigeon was wearing like a scarf. That's so cute. <laughs> but if you, if you just want to Google now, like Adelaide pigeon, I'm sure. Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Adelaide pigeon. It's big. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like geometrical kind of like. Okay. Yes. I was envisioning like a lifelike statue of a pigeon. No, it's but a doesn't big look metal... like that. At all. Pigeon made out of triangles. Yeah, that's basically what it is. And I love the picture of like a person standing next to it because that really does give them. Um, yeah, it's fucking huge. I yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, cool. When I go back to Adelaide, I'll get to see the big pigeon. Yeah, I, I like it. I think it looks good. Mm. Sloan, for his part, says he wanted to raise the status of the humble pigeon through his sculpture. That's so cute. I mean, the thing is, I think... Any art that the government spends a lot of money on, people are just going to get up in arms about. Yeah. Wouldn't have mattered like, what it was of. I mean, I think, um, like, compared to some of the others, like, there's two giant steel balls. Yeah, in but there. they're somehow accepted now. Well, that was I'm like sure. back from the 70s. Exactly. Ages. Yeah. It's not like, um, is it Chicago's got the bean? The, the bean? Chicago? Which is like a giant metal fucking bean. It's just a big mirror ball, basically, in the middle of the fucking... How is that It's called any... Cloud Gate, but everyone calls it the Bean. I think. <laughs> well, like, how's that any different to that, like, big bull statue in Sydney? There's a bull statue in yeah, Sydney? Yeah. Um, I think it might be at World Square. Don't remember it. That might be wrong. I have a mental image of it, but I can't remember where it is. Um, but, I mean, yeah, my point is it could have been anything and someone would have complained oh, about no. it. Oh, no. Cloud Gate was built by Anish Kapoor. Fuck the fucking Bean. Get rid of it. Burn it down. <laughs> fuck Anish Kapoor. He's a fucking wit. He's a wit. fucker wit. Yeah, he's a big fuckhead. <laughs> Why is he a fuckhead? Oh, he's just a fucking wanker. He was the one who bought, like, the black, like, the black 2.0 or like, the, the Vente black thing. Oh, okay. And then someone else came up with black 2.0 and he was like, anyone has oh loved this God. paint except for Anish Kapoor and then Anish Kapoor got some and he's like, well, fuck you. Also, Vente black, Anish Kapoor, fucking shit. It's, like, really bad for the environment. It, like, will start fucking fires. Uh, black 2.0 is a much better color. <laughs> but yeah, Anish Kapoor's a fucking wanker. Fuck okay, him. well, we can cut all that stuff about the bean then. Oh, no, I'm moving it in. Okay. But yeah, big pigeon. I'm a fan. I like pigeons, but I like birds, so. I don't know, like, I feel like pigeons get a bad rep. Yeah. But people love doves. Which is the just a white pigeon. pigeon is a rock dove. Yeah. 
Yeah. It makes sense that they adapted to living in cities. They were designed to live on cliffs. And what are cities? They're basically mm. cliffs. I also feel like people think that like pigeons are dirty. Mm. Birds in general are usually pretty clean. Like even you fucking bin chickens pretty clean. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> irrelevant. But I like pigeons. In fact, I've been feeding two in our backyard. Are they pigeons? I don't know if they're a pigeon or not. I guess they are. They look like pigeons, I suppose. No, they're pigeons. Bert Flugelman is the man who created the balls in Rundle Mall. Mm. Okay. I don't know who that is, but... But he is known for giant stainless steel geometric sculptures, which is why for a second I thought, were they made by the same person? Right, okay. He's actually got another one in National Gallery of Canberra, Australia, called Cones, which I have seen in person. But yeah, if you're ever in Australia and you see a giant stainless steel metal structure, it was probably made by him. There's one in Sydney... Did you ever see the random, like, Tower of Diamonds just on the corner of, like, in Martin Place and Spring Street? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yep, same guy. Just likes these big stainless steel. big shiny metal things. I mean, who doesn't? Okay. Are you ready for my last story? Let's wrap it up. Okay, so this one's pretty quick, and it's it's a good news story. This probably doesn't actually fit the premise of the podcast, but I just kind of want to talk about it, so here we go. So I want you to cast your mind back, a long way back, all the way back to episode four. Where we Fuck. talked about a good egg. Hang on. <laughs> you going back Mogo to see what? Zoo. Yep. Uh, Gold Coast family landing jet ski to a police chase. God, was that episode four? <laughs> uh, and bushfires. Yeah. It is related to the bushfires. Okay. We talked well, about a man. Good egg? A man who was doing good, good things at the time. Can't okay. remember who it was. No. Shane Fitzsimmons. Ah, the firefighter. Yeah, head of the RFS in New South Wales. This is really just a shout out to him and all the good work that he did because he's also being recognized for that. So excellent. I sort of recognize him. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I was was thinking about like episode four seems like such a fucking long time ago, but it wasn't really. (laughs) It was less than a year ago. Yeah, I just wanted to recognize him because he did so much. And I don't think he only did it for New South Wales. I really think, like, at the time when our country was literally burning to the ground, I think everyone was kind of looking to this guy who was doing all this good stuff. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know if you knew, but he actually stepped down from his role um, with the RFS, which, sorry for international listeners, that's Rural Fire Service. In April, he stepped down and instead became the head of a new agency, which is called Resilience New South Wales. And Gladys, in her um, wisdom, decided to put this together. It was aimed at, like, state emergencies in general, not just fires. And she thought that he was the best guy for the job. And honestly, Gladys, you make some other terrible decisions, but this is not one of them. This is a good one. Um, So she said it could could be anything, basically. It It could be fires, it could be natural disasters, or it could be, like, cyber attacks or other stuff like that. And I guess most notably this year, the big thing that we've all been dealing with is the coronavirus pandemic. So he's been working on responses to that. So still doing good stuff, even though he's not in the RFS anymore. Okay. If you remember, we spoke about him in that episode, which was a long time ago, so I forgive you if you don't remember, but he oh, God, became... Don't go listen to it, though. The audio will be shit. It was so bad. <laughs> and I apologize for the audio at the end of last week's episode as well. That was me trying a new feature, and it didn't work. <laughs> That's okay. I sat too far away from the microphone for the first 15 minutes. It was just one of those episodes. <laughs> so he actually... The decision to move on from the RFS was a hard one for him because... That's what he, he wanted to do with his life. I have a feeling that a member of his family died. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I do remember. A but I can't his remember what it was. Fires. So that's why I didn't say yeah. it. 
moving on from the RFS was actually really hard for him because he had so many ties to the RFS. It was kind of hard to step away from it. But I got a quote from him on his decision. And he said, I very much care about and am concerned for the people of New South Wales. And there's no doubt in my mind that I take on this new role with a deal of trepidation, of course, but I'm very open to the idea of continuing to make a meaningful difference in the lives and livelihood of people, of communities to help with business, to help with industry and to rebuild our economy. I think he thought it was kind of the next step. So that that all happened back in April. This is a while ago. So he's back in the news, um, but that's because he was just announced as the New South Wales Australian of the Year. Well, absolutely. I I definitely think that's a that's that's a right move. So that puts him in the running to be the overall Australian of the Year, which doesn't get announced until January next year. Have they said who else he's up against? No, I didn't look that up. But Mm. I I've got to be honest. I kind of feel quietly confident that he's going to take it out considering how much he did earlier in the year. I mean, and obviously it sounds like he's continuing to do a lot in New South Wales, so I can't imagine that he's not going to get it. Yeah, I just basically wanted to shout him out for just being a good egg who's doing good shit, and I wish him luck, and I hope he gets it. Find out. So, yeah, um, I'm going to keep an eye out. Yeah, I'm going to keep an eye out, and I'll definitely um, shout it out in the beginning of the episode. It's on Australia Day, isn't it? You guys normally announce It's those. on the 25th. We don't. It's the day before. But I reckon okay. he's got it in the bag. But yeah, I'll definitely make sure to say who won it when it happens. What day is the 25th this year? Well, it's not this year. It's next year. It's a Monday. Well, that's awkward. That means we get the public holiday on the Tuesday. Time to take the Monday off. Have a really <laughs> long weekend. You just did that, and you regretted it. <laughs> that's something some work. It's shitty. If you have stories you'd like to submit to us to cover on the podcast, give us some feedback or anything at all, really, you can contact us by email at fmedeadpodcast at gmail.com. That's fmedeadpodcast at gmail.com. Or through Twitter at fuckmedeadpod, where you can also keep up to date on when episodes are released. Links to our sources and any pictures or videos we mentioned from the episode, such as the Mari Man. And I'm sure you'll also see the giant pigeon there as well. All information will be available in the episode notes, and you can also find it on our website, fuckmedeadpodcast.com, which has a list of ways you can listen to us. I feel like I'm missing some words there. <laughs> Which also has a list of ways you can listen to us, including directly from the website, <laughs> which people do actually use. <laughs> I, I, I find it so amusing that you get so much joy out of that feature. <laughs> I was like, no one's going to use that. And people do. <laughs> Prove me wrong. Subscribe if you have the time and leave a review if your platform does or if your platform even lets you subscribe. Ba-ding, ding. I've just ding. realized that you've missed something in your outro. We're now what? on Instagram. Oh, shit. We are on Instagram. And, uh, I can't remember what the username is. <laughs> Follow us on the gram. I'm pretty sure it's F me dead, but I can't remember. Search for us on Instagram. We will update the outro for next week. Hold on. Uh, just so we can get the least included. So the username for Instagram, we only just joined like a week or so ago, um, is F me dead pod. You want to find us there? Honestly, that's probably the better uh, platform to look at visuals because it's just a lot easier to post them there. But we also do try to keep twitter up to date as well do we notify instagram when the episodes go live as well or i'm trying to i'm trying to figure out a schedule with instagram it's very much in its beginning stages but from now on yeah it should be okay is there anything else you'd like to say before we wrap no this not up? really i guess just oh actually just i don't usually talk about numbers and stuff because i feel like they don't i try to not define the podcast success by numbers but we had a day um in the past week where mm. we had a crazy amount of listens um, that I just kind of wanted to shout out. We had nearly 101 day, which um, might not be a lot for some podcasts, but for us, it's pretty good. Wh- whoever's telling people to listen, thank you. Yes, thank you <laughs> so much. Uh, it's working. <laughs> yeah, it, it is interesting to watch it 
grow slowly yet exponentially. Uh, yeah, so despite our complete lack of marketing. Yeah, we're very bad at it. <laughs> I'm trying. This is why we have an Instagram now. I am trying, but we're just not very good at it. So it's just kind of cool to see that the only way that I think people would really find out about this podcast is people telling people. So I just wanted to say a big thank you to people who have done that because it, it really does make a lot of difference for us. And you don't have to do that. So we really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Woo. Ha-ha! Also, thank you once again for one of the viewer, uh, listeners who created that picture of me being dragged along. Oh, yeah. I, I retweeted on Twitter, but it's not on Instagram <laughs> yet. I'll um, I'll definitely post that to Instagram soon. <laughs> that was great. That was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that wraps us up for another week. Yes. Um, so yeah, thank you so much again for listening this week, and we will be back at the same time next week. Goodbye! Goodbye!